And we want to... Right, welcome to the Thunder Underground Podcast. My name is Trent. My name is Jason. And this week we've got Jamie Welch, the guitarist from Framing the Red, as our special guest. And we're going to get into all that here in a bit. Going to talk a little bit about Framing Red and then, of course, get into that interview for you. But before we do that, we want to play you some music. Kick this off with a band out of Nebraska called Through the Stone. Do we want to talk about this for a minute? Yeah, I mean, these guys are awesome. Uh, I love the vocals. Uh, female vocalist, she's got a lot of, you know, carries a, a big presence, uh, mysterious, a lot of power. Uh, you know, if definitely these guys are disciples of Sabbath. Uh, you'll know, you'll know what we're talking about when you hear it. Uh, this is just good stuff. Yeah, let's just get into this and talk a little bit more after. This is called Decisions, Decisions. <laughs>
Right, decisions, decisions by through the stone. And like you said, that's got that real kind of, you know, all their stuff's kind of got a Sabbathy element, but it's also, it goes all over the place. It's kind of got... Yeah, it's, it's got, got the got, twin guitars yeah. and, yeah, that kind of thing. The blues elements at times, the other kind of stonery elements at times. And like you said, her voice is just totally powerful. And it's it's cool because as the music throughout, I've listened to this album like a couple times recently, and it's phenomenal all the way through. And I think her, it's cool because her voice kind of changes with the music, you know, the way the music changes. It's kind of yeah. a real, she at times has that real old school Joplin, Janis Joplin kind of vibe. And then at other times, it's just this real intense, you know, metal kind of sound that you wouldn't expect to hear from a from a woman exactly well and you know it's one of those things where you know she kind of is scary but i kind of dig it so <laughs> it, you guys need to check this band out yeah and musically it's phenomenal too not just the vocals so yeah check that album out through the stone it's available on spotify and you can download it through them find them on facebook once again just through the stone i think they're on reverb nation Bandcamp, and all that stuff too so definitely do yourself a favor and check them out. Yeah, you won't be sorry. And speaking of independent music, we thought we would throw a second song at you this week. Why not? Yeah, because there's not really rules here, right? There's no rules. Once once we get into rules and shit, then I don't know. It's, it's yeah. getting kind of dicey. We, we want to do whatever we want to do. And it's probably, we played someone from Nebraska, so you're probably twitching a little and thinking, we need to get some Oklahoma back up in here, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, always, always. Yeah. So we've got a band out of Oklahoma, actually out of Stigler, which is a small town in eastern Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And this band is called Reliance Code, and this song is called Come Alive.
right, there you go. Come alive by Reliance Code. What do you think about this? Uh, I like it. It's slick. It's anthemy, chunky. Uh, you know, there's uh, some good vocal stuff going on here. Really glad we got to play it uh, and show some uh, love to some Oklahoma guys. You know, just like you said, I was starting to twitch a little bit, but you, you saved me. So thank you for uh, getting some Oklahoma stuff on here. Uh, we're proud to bring it to you guys. Yeah, I like this. This sounds really, uh, like you said, it, it's really well recorded. And not Definitely. Only, you know, it sounds like someone that you would hear like on a big level on Sirius or the radio or whatever. And it's got, it's really well written. And it's, uh, it's got that, you know, polished kind of radio vibe at times, but it's also a step, you know, heavier, kind of like your Tremonti or Ultra Bridge kind of thing, where it's a little bit, you know, it's a step above that, you know, so it's... Yeah, it's got a good clean thing you can get behind, but it's also got a you know a heavy punch to it that that really sticks out. And I like I think this sounds like a band that knows what they're doing, and hopefully they're well on their way to doing big things. Yeah, very professional sound. Uh, these guys, uh, it, like you know, a lot of weight thrown around on this song, and it's also uh, catchy. You're gonna remember it. Uh, so just can't wait to see what these guys uh, you know have on the horizon. Yep, you can find that song on Reverb Nation, and also find them on Facebook, Reliance Code. Pull it up, like them, follow them, support them. Definitely. And if you've got an independent band and you want you want us to play your song, send us an email at thethunderunderground at gmail.com, and we'd be happy to play it for you. Yesterday, Billy Sheenan admitted that the Eat em and Smile David Lee Roth lineup is getting back together. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay, okay, hold on. This is funny. This is because this is a thing uh I heard on the Trunk podcast a few days ago and I meant to tell you about it and I totally forgot. But you know how they were going to Steve Vai, uh Greg Bisnett, Billy Sheehan with uh Ralph or oh, sorry, Michael Starr from right. Still Panther. We're gonna do a jam, right? Yeah, and it got cancelled. Yeah, when I think DLR was supposed and to he, show up at that. No, he said, Steve Vai said DLR was there. Yeah. They were ready to go, and it got shut down, and no one even knew it. But it, it, was, it, like a, it was like a fire thing? Fire yeah, marshal fire, thing? a fire, fire code. And he said they were going to do uh, Yankee Rose and Shy Boy, and it just got shut down. Right, They were on stage getting ready to go, getting ready to pull the curtain back. Wow. And uh, so it, just think... Just think about, you know, all those all those minds that would have been blown. Yeah. But this is new. Did you hear I didn't hear this. Did you hear something new, else new? Well yeah, apparently Billy Sheenan did an interview or just talked to someone from a David Lee Roth uh like a fan website thing. Really? And they said and he said that yes, sometime in twenty sixteen, which is the thirtieth anniversary. They will get back together, but he didn't say anything further, like if wow. that means a one-off show or if that means a tour or what that means. Well, like I said, when Vi was on Trunks' show, he said he definitely wanted to do it, but he never confirmed anything. Right. So that that's that will be that will be a big draw. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just think of that because back then, I'm sure people knew, but when you look back at that, how phenomenal that lineup is. Yeah, you know, Steve Vai, Greg Bissonette, and Billy Sheenan. It's like three, three guys that are at the top of their their the game and their prospective instrument. You know, exactly. All in one band. It's like those White Snake lineups back then. You know. Yeah, 
it's just insane. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't get any better than what these guys are doing at their respective instrument. Right. Uh, so to have it come together again, like I said earlier, minds blown. And that leads us into all the rumors that that's just another piece of the puzzle that means we might get a little Van Hagar action next year. Yeah, what do you think about that? I think it's going to happen. I know really? some people think, you know, Sammy said things. Of course, we know Eddie and Alex aren't, you know, court, you know, very cordial to past members, you know. <laughs> and it's just like with the David Lee Roth thing kind of already falling apart. Um, it just seems like it's likely to happen because there's all these little things that have been happening. Like they're selling Michael Anthony merchandise on their website again all of a sudden. And they weren't doing that up until like two weeks ago. Yeah, didn't you say there was like a press photo come out? Yeah, that didn't with include just the three of them or whatever. No, yeah. no, David Lee Roth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, you you heard it here, maybe first, maybe second. <laughs> you know, we'll see. We'll see. It's just speculation. Yeah. We're just uh, analyzing, you know, and, and talking. Right. Uh, but that reminds me, kind of going back a little bit to a minute ago with Billy Sheehan. Did you see last night at the Tony McAlpine tribute show? That that guitar got stolen. No, well, I don't know. Did it? Yeah, some jerk, some jerk off. How the fuck can listen, you do that? Listen, it's a benefit for someone that has you know cancer. That's he an has amazing cancer, musician. and his wife has cancer. And some jerk off stole one of Steve Vai's guitars at this benefit, or Good like Lord. right next door to the benefit, or something. That's terrible. But sorry to interrupt you. I don't know what. No, or, it was um, it was uh, Billy Sheehan, Tom Morello, Mike Portnoy. And we're at Richie Cotts and singing. They did Cochise by Audio Slave. Wow, no. Yeah, yeah. I saw that this morning. I almost forwarded it to you, but I, yeah, they had a video, but I haven't seen it. Okay. So you should go see that. Yes. And I, I like, it'd be nice if that whole show was on YouTube, but who knows. But yeah, that's, uh, that's terrible. That's (laughs) effed up. And it was like that, it was one of those one off by guitars that had all the, the lights on the neck. Oh, God. And, you know, so it's, I don't know if he was planning to auction it or if it was just one of his special, what, he had it with him, so it was either he was either going to play it or auction it off. Well, Whoever stole this guitar, bad, bad things will yeah. happen to them. It is just, <laughs> it is set in stone now. Speaking of that, did you hear about Texas Hippie Coalition? No. Like, three or, well, by the time you hear this, it was this past week, someone stole Big Dad Rich's truck, like, from the hotel they were staying at next to wherever they were recording or something. And his truck had, like, all their GoPro cameras, and then it had John Exall's, like, couple of his bases in it, or at least one base. And then it had, like, it it didn't say what, but it said stuff pertinent to their new album, so that might mean files. Oh, that sucks. So who knows if that's what someone was going after. They were just trying to steal a nice truck, might have been. Yeah, they might have You never know. You know, so they had a post saying, if you're in the... It was in Louisville, like North Texas, or North Dallas. Okay. If you're in that area, to be on the lookout for this stuff at a pawn shop. That's the worst. Yeah. People, stop stealing (laughs) stuff. Stop taking stuff that's not yours, and just don't be assholes. Hey, well, we assume these people aren't listening to our podcast. Yeah, because because assholes don't listen to us. Right. (laughs) You know? Exactly. I'm just saying, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this, this... Framing the Red talk right now because we've got this interview we want to get get to here in a couple minutes with Jamie. But before we do, um, just wanted to talk about this for a minute. What did you, I mean, we've seen him live yeah. a couple times and 
they put on a great show. They're full of energy. They're a good southern rock band. We talk about all that. You know, they've got elements of of hard rock, southern rock, even a little bit of country feeling there at times. And it's just a good, what kind of a party vibe. Yeah, I think I think you, you hit the nail right in the head. And kind of like what we get into in the interview, we like all kinds of stuff. And, you know, you can go back and forth with what you like and what this guy likes and what's cool and not cool. But for us, you know, where we're from, part of, part of the country where we're from, and, you know, even more southern, you, you can't get away from having a, a southern vibe in you, a country, older country thing. I mean, it just, you can deny it, but it's there. And that's what I like about these guys. They tap into that, but they also bring in uh, modern rock heavy stuff to it. And it makes for a, a, a pretty good sound. Yeah, I think it's kind of a unique sound. They've got elements of of other stuff you've heard and you know they're not reinventing the wheel of it or anything but they've got some elements that bring something together that's not real common i guess is the right word true at least true. on radio and stuff like that and they've had some success you know a couple years ago with that song country band man and there's a great video for that on youtube as well you can check out and we talk about all that stuff as well so you can look these guys up on on facebook and reverb nation buy their music on iTunes and they've got a couple new singles that came out in the past year that are both good songs. Yeah. Um, American made, made and, and whiskey and weed. Right. Uh, just a, a good time vibe. Uh, just kind of forget everything for a little bit and, uh, you know, crack open a beer and have some fun and listen to this stuff because it really sets a tone for that. It sets a tone for a weekend and it's just feel good stuff and you can't deny that. All oh, right, definitely, and they they are making some changes, which he talks about in the interview. He's Jamie, who interviewed, is actually leaving the band here in mid February, so he's got a couple couple months left in the band. But um, obviously, he's didn't just up and walk out; he's playing it out. So I think they're still on good terms. But he gets into all that. So yeah, uh, nobody's left hanging, and. Uh... You know, it's really cool that uh, they're doing this the way they're doing it. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, it's just a great, you know, we appreciate his uh, willingness to talk about stuff and his transparency. Uh, it makes for a great conversation. So uh, we really enjoyed it. Yeah, and we recorded it before a show here in Tulsa um, at a venue, which is also a bar. So if you can just ignore the, the chatter you hear in the background. Yeah, there was some, <laughs> there was some, uh, there were some good time Charlies back there, you know, doing what they do. Yeah. Hey, you uh, can't deny them. Yeah, yeah. There's like nothing it. wrong with that. Uh, but, you know, Trent's worked his magic, and uh, we think that it will uh, come out sounding pretty decent for you guys. Well, with all that being said, let's just get into this interview with Jamie Welch from Framing the Red. Dude, that's what happened to us in Kansas City the other day. The place was packed until about 10:30 and 11. They started trickling out. We played at 11:45 to one. 
Dude, may have been 20 people there left. Man, it was like 100-something people when we first fucking got up there to play. It happens. Yeah, that's what I always figured. That's, yeah, that's the other thing. Why don't you start it? Why don't they have the band start at 8 or 9? Because it'd be a bigger crowd. Yeah, especially on a weekday, man. Yeah. Weekdays are, are you, you have to do early shows, you know. So She wanted us on a weekday, and we were coming through to Texas. So she let's do a, a Monday fun day. All right, yeah. let's do it, man. All right, anyway. Well, speaking of shows, you guys, you know, looking back at your – you're touring you guys all the time it seems like dude we we've been touring constantly for three and a half going on four years now and uh there for the last in 2013 to 2014 man we did over 300 shows and then 2015 we're going to be like 270 range i have two dates i'm trying to fill and uh you know for for the rest of this month on the way you know actually tomorrow and the next day but i doubt they're gonna pan out but yeah it is normally we try to do 300 shows a year we try to do you have to man you gotta stay busy man because people forget about you if you don't you know and the country's so damn big dude there's so many clubs you have to hit everywhere you know it's just not enough days in the year really and to spend time with family and Stuff like that, you know, and write, record, and all that, man. That's why our new album hasn't came out yet because we we're on the road so damn much, you know. Constantly, it's just hard to find time to to write, to go to the studio, to go spend time with family, and just get some downtime and some rest, you know. It's grueling, man. It is definitely. It is, dude. I mean, you have to. You don't hear that. You don't hear that from a lot of bands. You're right, man. We we know a few bands that do it as us and the last time we played here the band Waylon was with us uh, they, they do the same they, their motto is we're always on tour and we kind of piggybacked off of them and, and and saw that you know they started getting some success and that's why you know not just because they own you know because they write good songs but you can have the best album in the world if you don't tour it then that's you know just a good album that nobody hears <laughs> right you hope somebody comes across it on iTunes or something you know yeah definitely well, speaking of the new one, what's the? It's pretty close to done. Man, I, I read something where you were like a song away. It's we. The goal was ten songs, and as a lot of people know, I'm I'm leaving the band in February, so we were kind of at a standstill on what was was I going to go to the studio and record another song and then leave, or are we just going to count it as a nine-song CD and maybe charge nine dollars instead of ten? Or something on you know on iTunes. We have we're kind of trying to figure out what is going to go on there. Uh, I'm down to go record because I have this. We have the song. It's just getting four or five more days into the studio on our time off before I leave in February. You know, but uh, I really haven't talked to the guys that much. I don't know. They may have other plans that I don't know about. They maybe want to go on and release it, or they may be bringing another guitar player in and adding another song. I honestly I don't know, but I, I think we would probably go on and release it because it's been two and a half years, man. It's it's way overdue. You know, everybody's asking for it. And, you know, a lot of bands are doing eight and nine songs now. So we're, you know, we'll we'll see. You know, I really don't know. But it's, as a nine-song album, it's almost ready. As a ten-song album, we're one away. So <laughs> whether I'm going to go do it or are they going to get somebody else to go do it, I'm that's up in the air. So, I mean, as of right now, I, I don't really know the answer to that one, you know. We're hoping for, you know, like next month release is what I would like. You know, one more big like CD release party, but then I'll 
call it quits, you know. That's one of that's the thing for me that I've always talked about. Is I like a lot of these albums that go back to eight, nine songs. Yeah. Kind of like your Blizzard Laws. Right, exactly. In and out. Yep. And then that's awesome. That's what we're trying to do too, man. We've always been one to try to bring back rock not just the music rock and roll back from back in the 70s and stuff like their whole ethic that's why we tour so much that's the same way they did they just man they recorded an album a real album back then like a 35 or whatever and hit the damn road dude that was all they did and that's what we kind of you know we're trying to bring back their worth ethic work ethic their live shows their you know 300 shows a year and bring back good rock and roll you know that's what we're trying to do you know yeah, well, you know, I've noticed kids today, you know, there's, you know, I don't want to mean to be like all touching on what's going on in the world. No. There's a lot of messed up stuff going on, so. We have a song I, about I, all this crap, too. Yeah, I like, I like the whole good time thing that you guys are trying to keep going. That, yeah. That's, that's important in a way. Yeah, you know, we have a song that's going to be on a new album called Ride the Storm Out, and it's about, uh... Well, it's I used to be an ordained minister, believe it or not, and a youth pastor. And like we and Jordan were watching some stuff on TV with this preacher trying to sell you twenty five dollar holy water, and and these people buy into that crap, dude. And this is I'm, you know, I'm, I could claim to be a Christian, and I'm telling you that's garbage. You know, you're spending twenty five dollars for some water this guy prayed over, and he's going to send it to your house, and you pour it on your head, and you're going to be healed, whatever. Well, then you got the next verse is about you know the lady on the TV filling us full of crap, you know, and telling us what we want to hear to get our mind off of this crap that's going on you know it's just bull crap man you know and, and in all this junk we're trying to find you know be thankful for the good things trying to bring positive so you know, there's, you know a lot of bands are are finding this negative bullshit and they're capitalizing on that that to me that's kind of a low blow you know and i feel like we should get away from that shit and try to bring you know some kind of good out of this you know so, I mean, that's pretty much what that song's about, you know. And it's hard, too, whenever you get on Facebook and that's all you see is ISIS and racism and all this bullshit, you know. It's hard to find the good in bad times, you know. Definitely. It's good that you guys are doing that, for sure. Right. Are the song, the singles you released this year going to be on there? Yeah, American Made and Whiskey and Weed, both of those are going to be on the new album. Yeah, they've been out, shit, American Made's been out for a year now. Whiskey and Weed probably, well, since April. So it's going on another year, you know, for that one. But, yeah, both of those will be on there. And um, uh, the rest of the songs we'll play tonight, there's two songs that we probably won't play tonight. That's going to be on the new album. But um, we've been touring the new album. We sneak a few in here and there. People, so far, man, like we have, like, the, the Crossroads song. Uh, there's a song called Jefferson City. Uh, and, of course, Whiskey and Weed, man, people are just, they're digging it. They love it, you know. They, they really, really, really like the new stuff. And Ride the Storm Out, dude, people are like, it's one of those good, you can't help but pat your foot or your head or whatever, you know. That, it's a good grooving song to me, you know. So, yeah, but those, those songs will be on there as well. So is the, the vibe pretty similar to the first album? Yeah, no, man. There's a couple of songs that we dug back into Jordan's old band, actually, before me and him got together. Uh, we took some old songs from back in, like, early 2000 that he wrote whenever he was, like, 15 or something. And we changed it up a lot, and we added some stuff in it, whatever. But um, it's got a, uh, a 90s fuel kind of vibe, back whenever fuel came out, you know, with Shimmer and Hemorrhage and stuff. It's got it. Stuff like that, you know, whereas the first album was mainly sex, drugs, rock and roll. Yeah. This one's got a, 
I mean, we're always going to be sex drugs and rock and roll. We're in a rock band, but this one, you know, like Ride the Storm Out, you know, we're touching on different topics. We've got two ballads on there now instead of one from the last album, Lay Down Beside Me. This one's got two kind of, not sappy ones, but they're definitely, you know, love ballads, I guess. Uh, it, it's the same, you know, the, it's grooving, you know, we're rock and roll, you know, it's, it's we're, we're trying not to stray too far away, but we touched on a few different things that we don't want to get too far outside of our box, you know, like a lot of bands are doing. Some bands is paying off. Some bands are like, God, what are they thinking? You know, like Disturbed, man, they finally, they had like 35 of the same albums, and then they finally came out with this new one, and to me, that they did a great job, man. They they went back to their old roots, and it sounds great. And you know, that's kind of what we, we didn't want to get too far away, because that, in our our level, you can't do that. You know, we're not established enough to completely hop out of our box, you know. We're just trying to get in the box. <laughs> right, then we can do whatever the hell we want. You know, we have to give the people what they want. You know? And we're still tr- staying true to ourselves, though. You know, we took plenty of time to write the thing. It's, I think as the music has grown tremendously, you know, because we've all, we were a lot more seasoned musicians than we were three years ago whenever we released the Welcome to the Show album. So on that aspect, yeah, I think the music's killer compared to the last one, you know. <laughs> How did how did you guys sound develop? Was it a, was it all you, were all you guys into the same kind of stuff or was no, it, dude? It's was so it like someone in the country and someone in the yes, rock exactly. I'm more of I like the older seven sixties and seventies rock. My favorite band is Creedence Clearwater Revival, which we got to play with C- with John Fogarty and uh, Sturgis this year is awesome. Uh, it was it was crazy. But then Jordan's more into the nineties stuff. You know, like, uh, I don't know, Matchbox 20 and stuff like that. Whereas Mike, our bass player, he, dude, he's into really heavy stuff. Uh, our drum, new drummer now, for the new, you know, the one we have now, he's Slipknot, Meshuggah, and stuff like that. He loves really heavy, he's a speed metal drummer, is what he is. 17 too as well you know but um he's only 17 years old yeah he's whenever we got together to write it was even more different you know even different compared to the first one because back then it was five of us going to the studio then where we were all you know one was in rap and hip-hop the other guy was into like jazz and classical you know, classical music, Beethoven kind of classical stuff. And it, But, man, when we come together in the studio, like, me and Jordan can say we want to write a song, and we can sit down right there at that table, and in 10 minutes we will have a song done. And it's so weird because we come from opposite genres of music, you know. But it's just whenever we get together, dude, it's – I don't know why. It just it, – it doesn't take no time to write a song. And, dude, like, there's hardly ever any time that we don't agree with – what goes here what goes there it's just like yeah that's right you know it's just so easy but finding the time to sit down and do it is what takes so damn long you know but when we do sit down and write dude it's magic to me you know i've never played with other people that's so easy to to collaborate with you know we argue fight over everything else but when it comes to writing no we we're all on the same page you know well where does the country influence come from Probably me now. It's me and Jordan. We're from Mississippi. We're Southern boys. Uh, we're our bass player. He's from South Louisiana. He's a Cajun. We call him a coon ass. Is what we call him down there. But like I said, he he don't really care for country music that much. Uh, but me and Jordan were raised on it, you know. And I don't mean Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan, and all this crap these days. Excuse me if you like them. They're they can't write their name, much less a song. But 
they have multi-millionaires that are writing songs for them. But anyway, uh, we're talking about Willie Whalen, all the way up to like George Strait, Garth Brooks, Tracy Lawrence. To me, that's when good country died was 90s, early 2000. You know, after that, it's to me, it's garbage. It's pop. They'll, they'll, they'll write a pop song and put one banjo in or a violin or something or steel guitar and they say, oh, it's country. It's bullshit is what it is to me. My personal opinion. But yeah, I, I think that the, the, the southern stuff, come, the country comes from mine and Jordan's side. Well, like Whiskey and Weed is more of a Skinner slash, uh, it's pretty much um, Poison's uh, Every Rose Has Its Thorn on the guitar, you know, with a Leonard Skinner solo is pretty much what that is. Sweet Home Alabama with Every Rose Has Its Thorn is what that song is, you know. Well, you know, it's, and that's the thing, it's like, I don't think you can be from the South or even around here and not have some kind of country or southern country. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's in us. Right. Even though we like heavy stuff, whatever, it's yep. always going to be old country. That we well, if you didn't have the old country and even the old rockers like Chuck Berry and stuff yeah. like that, you wouldn't have what we have today. Exactly. You know, the pioneers, you know, they, they paved the way. To me, the first rock star was Johnny Cash. To me, I think, you know, rock and roll is not just a genre of music. It's like a way of life to us. It's just like, screw y'all. I'm going to do what I want to do. And he did. You know, you saw the movie, man. That's how it happened. Whenever he went to Sun Studio, that guy slammed the door in his face. We went to Sun Studios, and after we recorded the song and got the tour of the place and everything, you know, and we got the story, and they said it, it's exactly how it happened, man. They slammed the door in his face and told him to go on because he, he was horrible. He stuck to his guns, man, and just did what he wanted to do. And, and country music nowadays lacks that. You know, maybe they need to get a little bit of that attitude and they can, you know, they need to go through some shit in life to where they can have something to write about. You know, they were born with silver spoons in their hand, almost all of them did. Johnny Cash was dirt poor when he grew up in Arkansas, you know. But yeah, like you said, it's hard, it's hard to not have some sort of country roots, you know, to some certain extent, you know. Well, did you did you guys hear any response from anyone involved with Cash over your cover? No, nah, dude. We honestly we were kind of worried, man, because like, well, we have to buy the rights for it, so we figured it would get a little more attention, legal, but it never did, man. I mean, it, it was nothing like that. But it was it was always just like the crowd favorite, and everybody just started. Whenever we started writing the album, we just got bombarded. Put this on the album. Put it on the album. Put it on the album. And it was either that or our cover of Zombie by the Cranberries. But we was like, of course. We're, but then we are like, it's Johnny Cash. They're either going to love it or they're going to hate it. One of, he's one of those you just don't screw with. you know. But we did it anyway, and, and we went with it, and it paid off. We've, we've made a lot of money. We've sold it a lot you know, on iTunes and the album and stuff. But we never got any kind of like nobody from, you know, I guess, Johnny Cash Enterprise or whatever. Nobody ever... We never heard nothing back, so I guess it's probably a good thing. You know, it could be a no. It could be devastation, man. But no, nah, we, we thank God. You know, like I said, no news is probably good news on that situation. You know, I don't know. <laughs> we may later on. You know, the way the internet is today, because you have people that sit there and just you know they 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 scout the internet all day long looking for stuff like that, and they make sure you're legit and up to date on your royalties and stuff. So. I hope we are. <laughs> it's hard to keep up with, man. Well, you mentioned earlier you're leaving. Are you? Yeah, man. I'm. Uh, February the 13th um, is going to be my last day 
unless some things change in the band right now. But you know, I don't I don't see it happening. So it's probably I'm gonna go on and say it's gonna be my last day. Um, just some personal differences, man. Nothing against nothing against them. I, I don't mean personal. I mean like, I guess career differences. I want this, they want that, I don't agree, they don't agree, and we're just like, all right, it's, you know, writing is not a problem, you know, being in the bus is not really a problem, I mean, being in the bus with five guys, no matter who they are, it gets aggravating at times, it doesn't matter if you're the best friends or worst enemies, it's, it sucks, it has its good times, but it's just, uh, I, I just want different things than they do, you know, like, I want to go as far as I can, possibly. If I'm going to be gone for my kids, man, that's, I, I feel like I need to make it as worth the sacrifice as I can, you know, as, as much as possible, and they're kind of wanting to hang out at home a little more than I, uh, do. I want to go home and hang out at home, but as I said earlier, the level we're at, we can't afford that right now. Personally, my opinion, I don't feel that we can afford to just take weeks and months off at a time, especially with this new album coming out, dude. Like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard come out of their mouth. So we let's drop this album and take a month or so break. To me, it don't make sense, but that's just you know, if a record label calls you, what's the first thing they're going to make you do? Record an album, put you onto it. And that's what I want to do. Yes, I miss my kids. I have kids. I'm the only one with kids. You know, I, I've been doing this for five and a half years away from them. Jordan just got married, not, you know, a few months ago. Will, our drummer, just got a girlfriend a few months ago. Our bass player been his girlfriend for like a year or so. You know, like, yeah, I want to go home, definitely. But I, we can't afford to. You know, you go home, you're not really making any money, and. As I said, you need to stay relevant because there's that other band that's right behind you waiting for you to get back and they're going to slide right in, man. And people forget about you, you know? Unless you're Motley Crue, you can take a two-year hiatus or Nickelback or whoever. You know, they can afford to do that. Until we get to that level, you know, I just, I don't feel that's career-wise, I don't believe it's a smart move. And I just kind of feel like I'm just spinning my wheels, I guess, you know, by staying and taking breaks and breaks. But maybe... Maybe, you know, with me leaving and them taking a break, maybe some stuff will change and maybe they'll come around to thinking or maybe I'll come around to their way of thinking. You know, who knows? I'm not going to bash them. You know, at first we were all mad at each other, you know, of course, because we are just men and stupid. But, um, we, you know, I'm not going to be mad at them. If they want to go home, that's fine, you know. I, I want to go and do other things, but I don't have anything planned. I don't have, like, any... I'm not going to another band or nothing like that. I've got other bands that, you know, because I manage, the, manage our band, book our band, manage the money, the CPA, everything. I do all of that. So, and I have just tons of contacts, man, now with over five years of doing it, playing with all these bands. You know, I know musicians across the country. I know bars across the country and promoters and so So, you know, I'm going to use that, definitely going to use, use it for future things. If I do hop in another band, I want it to be one that's, at least where we are, or close to where we are, or even further. You know, I want one that's established, where I don't have to start from the bottom, man, because I'm 31. My kids are getting older. I'm getting definitely getting older. I'm starting to feel it now. You know, I had to quit drinking, man. Like, it was killing me, dude. Like, doing this 300 shows and waking up drunk every morning will kick your ass. I don't care how badass you are. I see why a lot of bands get on fucking drugs, dude. Like, thank God I never did, but it's it's... It's there, and I know why. Because, dude, this will drain you, man. I'm telling you, it will. Bad. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to step down until, you know, I'm going to be here, and I'm going to finish out until February the 13th because that's a, uh, every year I do a big festival, I mean, a uh, event at home called the Hometown Throwdown. 
and it's for a sick child, you know, and it's huge. I mean, it'd be over a thousand people at our hometown at this big show, so figure why not, you know, that would be a good, I'll be home. They can take their however long of a break they're wanting to take, they will be home, and, you know, they can go our separate ways and stuff like that, so we'll see, man, you know. I don't want to leave by no means, but I just feel career-wise and family-wise, I think I need to, you know. I mean, it's five and a half years, you know. It's time to shit or get off the pot. Right. <laughs> Definitely, man. Well, on a brighter note, I guess, the Country Band Man video. Yeah. I, I wondered, you see so many videos and, you, figure, you know, you figure, well, they look cool, but that's probably a lot of work. But you look at that video and I think, was that just, was that as fun as it looks as it was? Dude, it was all just by fate. The song, for one, wasn't even supposed to be on the album. That was fate in itself. But it got put on the album and then instantly blew up. You know, instantly blew up overnight. And then we never thought, we just, to me, whenever the song was being written, it was just a beer drinking, stupid party song, whatever. And it, we never thought that it was going to be as big as it did. But uh, making the video, man, we uh, hired a guy from Baton Rouge and the, um, some kind of film academy down there. He he charged us like 600 bucks or something. Strapped on a bunch of GoPros to some broomsticks, and you can see him sometimes in the video uh, if you look close enough. And he we just do when we got there, it was not planned to be a big mud party at all. It was the opposite. We had we wanted the big trucks to roll in. We wanted the hot girls and stuff like that. Well, the landowner, we were on some deer hunting land. The landowner specifically said, nobody rode up my yard. My, we were on a big, huge deer food plot, about 50 acres. Huge. And he's like, don't rub my, my place up, blah, blah, blah. Well, it flooded the entire night before the video up until 11 o'clock that morning. And everybody showed up. And we we're just like, damn, man, like, what do we do? And the rain finally stopped. Well, dude, it's like, as soon as the rain stopped, the landowner and his big, like, humongous monster truck comes just doing donuts through his on land and everybody's like Woo! started getting drunk and just hopped in their four wheelers and their cars and their trucks and stuff dude like there was rvs flying through there and stuff that didn't make the video man like and people just went nuts dude and the the, the guys like start filming and he just starts strapping on the, the the gopros and dude stuck them to four wheelers and just shot video for hours and hours of us just tearing shit up dude and then uh the next morning we woke up and done a few of the little scenes walking through the woods and all that stuff and it literally was just he just filmed what was going on you know there was nothing staged besides the live shot you know we had to play the song five million times but but dude after that dude like you know everybody was just just doing whatever they wanted to do and he just filmed it and a week later he sent us the edited version and we kept exactly what he sent us it was cool just like a graveyard of ATVs and trucks and RVs and cars the next morning dude it was horrible but you know like I said it all just happened by the mere fate the guy getting drunk that day and just driving through his own property and everybody just went went at it dude <laughs> but it was fun it would have and it may not have gotten dude this had a million one hundred thousand views or something like that dude it's insane it's crazy we can't make a penny off of it because we didn't know when we were making the video to monetize it to get paid we had to get permission from all these companies. We have Chevy, Ford, Dodge, GMC, Budweiser, Bud Light, Natural Light, all this crap, guitar companies and everything. We didn't know. So now we got this music video that we would have made 
twenty to thirty thousand dollars off of and we was just hey the numbers look good <laughs> we would have made bank off of that video by now dude a lot of money and, oh well it was fun dude it was definitely an experience but that's that's where it was in my hometown and that's how we lived you know friday and saturday night we we're tailgating on the back of a, you know in a, in a mud hole somewhere at a bonfire drinking beer and that's that's exactly how we lived down there you know i mean there was no bullshit on that. You know, that's that's how things go down south. <laughs> Definitely, it's fun, dude. Definitely. Or were you at a? You guys played Rock Oklahoma this year. Yeah, we played it first night, right? We played it 2012, 13, and oh no, 13, 14, and 15. Yeah, we um we played Thursday night, and we were worried. The sunshine, the lady over Axis was like, just trust me. And man, like it was. I don't know if y'all were there, but it was it was slam packed, dude. It was great. It was the best crowd we've had at Rock Oklahoma. Definitely. So you were out of there before the mud dump? Yeah. The yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. We, had, we left and went to – we were in Iowa by the time Hailstorm was playing and got shut off and the floods came. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, we, we played Thursday and went north, thank God. It worked out perfect for us, man. Perfect for us. I heard that it was – you know, videos and shit, I've seen a lot. It was bad. A lot of pissed off people. But hey, I mean, that's hey, what you get. Fun, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sit out there and drink. What do you say? I don't that? think it's going to affect sales for this coming year. I mean, it happens. That's the first time in three years that we played that it even rained. It never even sprinkled. You know? So, but yeah, you just make the best of it. Okay, it was flooded. Yeah, sleep in the car. Right. Exactly. Go fishing or something. Yeah, I mean, we we're supposed to be scheduled to do it again. I don't know. Uh, I don't know the future plans of. Um, I know they're they're saying they're going to get another guitar player and they're booking shows for April and May. So, I'm guessing they are. You know, I, I really I really couldn't tell much on that end. You know, and they may. I mean, you may can talk to them that they may answer some stuff. I don't know. You know, I don't know how they feel about you know speaking about the future. I know they were putting on Facebook that they're going to. Make some announcements next month, I believe, about 2016. So apparently, there's something you know they got planned. So I, I don't know. You know, we don't really talk about too much of that because we just want to kind of keep the. You know, we're gonna have to talk about it closer to the time of me leaving. You know, we got some legal stuff we have to do, but uh, I'm, I'm guessing you know they're, they're saying they're gonna keep going. So maybe they have somebody. I, I don't know yet. They have two months. You know, so I don't know. I, ho I hope it does. I would hate for all this time that I put in it to go to waste, you know, because I definitely believe in framing the red. I mean, I've got it on my body. I've been, you know, I've sacrificed my family for it, you know, I've fought and bled for it. So I'm hoping that it continues on, you know, maybe one day later on, like I said, I might, you know, come back if they ask, you know. I'm not going to just come and ask them to come back. If they want me to, I will. If things change, <laughs> you know, after they get their home time out of their system and their wives get tired of them being home, <laughs> I know how that is. I was married. I gave up a wife for this band. I know how it is. I was married one time and divorced because of this band. So it, it'll happen. The news going to wear off and they're going to get tired of them being up their butts all day long. You know? <laughs> yeah. I got a final question for you. Yep. Um, you mentioned the money thing from YouTube. What do you think about Spotify, you guys have like three hundred thousand some listens. Yeah, man, we Spotify. You don't make you don't make as much as you think, dude. Like iTunes, you normally get seventy percent. Uh, say if we sell it for ten, we get seven dollars. They get three, and which is good. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you're signed to a record label. You sell your album for ten, you get twenty or thirty cents. The record label gets you know, ten dollars, pretty much. You know, it was once thing a thing I saw that James Hetfield from Metallica was talking about how they 
at one point in time were the highest paid band per album sale of all time and they made like a buck ten an album and that's when CDs were like nineteen ninety nine for a brand new one. Now you can barely sell them for nine ninety nine. So I'm sure they're not making that much now. But yeah, like things like the worst is Pandora. They are fucking whores. They will rape you. Like we we don't even if we get on there, fine. I've never even wasted my time to feel the form out to get on there. Because, I mean, yeah, people can listen to it, they're like, and which is cool, but the money, you don't make anything off of it. I mean, fractions of a penny per every three or four months. You know, we're talking to some of our, our other friends and bigger bands that are, like, selling, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of streams or whatever every month that are, like, getting 4 or $5 checks. Yeah. You know, whereas our online sales, Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, Rhapsody, and all that, that pays for our, our bus note every month. You know, like, we're, we do pretty good, on, but it's iTunes and Amazon. Those are the two best ones. Like, I couldn't even tell you what Spotify makes us, you know. But a lot of people do listen to it on us, uh, listen to us on there. And, and it is the re I guess it's beneficial because you know some people find out about us because we're suggested on the on their Spotify channel or whatever you know so I guess maybe it, you know it, it is in the long run it is beneficial but money wise no I don't remember seeing a dime come from Spotify because we get a list every month of what we you know where it comes from and it's 99% is Amazon and, uh, and iTunes and iTunes so far has been great to us we've never had a problem at all and like I said we're getting 70 I think it's like 77% of our of our album sales that's the beauty of doing it all on your own you know like I manage the whole thing we don't have any booking agents we don't have managers we don't have financial people like we're doing it ourselves now the first two years was fucking hectic we didn't know what we were doing but we lived and we learned and like I said we're, we're making all the money pretty much we don't have any middlemen you know at all whereas like I said if we sign to a major record label and they put out an album you know we have to go record an album we're slaves to those people you know and that's that's how it goes you don't make you make your you make your money from shows then right now we're making our money from that damn merch table and whatever you know the online album sales because you know, shows we don't people think we're just rolling yeah we got a really big nice bus whatever we have a really big nice loan note that we have to pay every month too we have good gear but that's because we got endorsements and we still took out loans to buy that shit you know like it, it's people think we're just rolling in the money we're not man by no means this is the wrong business unless you're a record label executive or something you know like we don't make no money, dude. We make money to stay on the road, pretty much, and pay our bills at home. That's it. If we break even at the end of the month, we're we're happy. And that just started happening within the last six or seven months. You know, dude, I sold my four hundred one k, tires off my truck, guns, guitars, sold some of my hunting shit just to stay in the band. You know, because like I said, I was married, house, kids, truck notes, and stuff like that. You know, child support. <laughs> It takes a lot, man, and it's and it, it's tough. But uh, I've had fun, you know. Definitely, I've lived my dream. I can say that, you know. And it's all because our fans are amazing. You know, our, I said I said the online album sales pay for ourselves. Our fans pay for the bus. You know, our our fans pay for they clothe my kids, feed my kids, you pay my bills at home. You know, so we'll be forever in debt to them. You know, and if Framing the Red flops after I leave or if it, it blows up, whatever. You know, we've all lived our dream. We've played with Skinner, Motley Crue, 
Guns N' Roses, whoever you can think of. We've played with them. We've seen Statue of Liberty. We've seen the Grand Canyon and everywhere in between, dude. So we've had a great run in the last five and a half. Well, me and Jordan, five and a half years, you know. And even the new guys, we've seen a lot, you know. And it's because of our dedicated and kick-ass fans, dude. So we're, me personally, I definitely am definitely in debt to them forever, you know. So that'd be my last thing is to say thanks to the fans for everything. Hell yeah, they do. They're our lifeline, man. (laughs) Thank you all, dude. Thank you all for doing it. Yeah, man. I hope you all see me again soon. Right there you go. Jamie from Framing the Red. Good talk. He talked about a lot of different stuff, went into, you know, some interesting stuff and cool to, you know, hear someone talk about, you know, poison and Johnny Cash in the same podcast. That's right. That's right. Yeah. and Mushuga. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, uh, you know, it's a, like we said, it's a, they're a good live band. They're, you know, a fun time band. Just, you know, check these guys out when they roll through your town because, like we talked about early in that interview, they will roll through your town at some point. They're, they're around all the time. They tour, they heavily tour, which is commendable, you know, that they're, they're busting, busting ass and making it happen. And they've had a slow progression, you know, over the last few years to, get to where they're at yeah always playing out and uh, always playing your neck of the woods so you have no excuse uh to not see these guys yeah so thanks again to jamie for taking the time to do that with us and we really appreciate it and we a few episodes ago we mentioned that we had tony the lead singer from seasons after coming up and i had some computer issues computer malfunction i guess you could say whatever where I lost a lot of files, and that was one of the files, along with our our interview with Doyle, that we were going to bring you eventually as well. And so I'm working on that. Hopefully we can get those back up and get them out for you. So you might hear Seasons After coming up, but if not, you know, that kind of sucks because, you know, they took the time out to sit there and talk to us, but these things happen, right? Yeah, these things happen. Uh, you, you never can predict what's going to go on. Uh <clears throat> Seasons After was a good one, uh, so I hope we can uh, work it out. Uh, the Doyle one was great, so we're hoping that we can uh, work that one out too. Uh, just hang with us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And in the meantime, dig back through our previous episodes. We've got 30-plus episodes now for you to dig through, and they're all on soundcloud.com backslash thunder-underground. We've got you know great stuff with... Kirk from Crowbar, Wino from The Obsessed, and Spirit Caravan, Joey Allen from Warrant, you know, Frank, or Mike Ariza from the Frank Hannon Band. That's right. We've got heavy stuff like Kyle from Battlecross, and then we've got Richie Cavalera from Insight. We've got Kyle Shutt from The Sword. Just all kinds yeah. of stuff. we got some uh, great local guys, uh, Severmind, Driver, uh, Dave Cantrell. Uh, so really uh there's something for everybody so definitely go back and uh, give these episodes a listen yep thethunderunderground.com everything is on there as well we've got links to all our social media we're on facebook we're on twitter we're on instagram and we're on youtube so be sure and hit all those up like us follow us tweet us email us at thethunderunderground at gmail.com if you've got a band and you want us to play your music We'd love to do that as well. Or just email us if you've got any thoughts or critiques or anything off what we've brought to you recently. 
That's right. We love all your input. Uh, we love all the positive stuff, and if you have negative stuff, you can really just go to hell. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Right. We want it all, so uh, anything's good. Just drop us a line, good or bad. We love it. Until next time, we'll have... What do we got coming up? We've got our best of 2015 episode. That's going to be a good one. Which should be probably the week after next, the week of New Year's Eve. I think we're going to try to throw that up. So be on the lookout for that. And be on the lookout for other great, exciting things in the year 2016. That's right. Um, uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, My cat is staring into my soul right now. Uh, I think he's ready to go. Or he's just going to kill both of us. So uh, we should probably sign off. All right. So until next time, if we make it, if the cat lets us out alive, we'll see you with episode 35. See you later. (laughs) 